0: If I'm going to put all of my life force energy into this, I'm going to do it in a way that I think is really thoughtful. So from the beginning, from the front to the back, we try to really be super sustainable.
1: Welcome to Mindful Businesses presented by Sarani and I'm your host, Padia Iyer.
0: In our podcast, we
1: bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, And environmental practices. Today we have with us Kate Westad, founder and inventor of Palette by Pack, a better way to
0: pack your beauty. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: So, gone are the days when we would carry full size bottles of our shampoo, our perfume, or for that matter, even foundation in our carry on during air travel. Most millennials, your kids and mine, probably have never, ever experienced that. It is a small thing, but in their lifetime, it's always the travel size liquids and gels in your carry-on. Yes. How did it all begin? What happened?
0: You know, post 9 11, we saw a dramatic shift in the way that we travel. So, we saw regulations that began to control the size of liquids that we could travel with. And so, in the US, especially, you know, the TSA regulations are very well known that you're not allowed to bring over a certain amount of liquids in your carry on. And I think that did completely transform the way that people began traveling. And it certainly you know, I think rushed in sort of in the beauty category and in the single use category, minis and travel size products.
1: And so, what are the rules? Kind of give people the background of how much ml or fluid ounces
0: you're allowed to carry. Oh my gosh. Since I've been using the high fiver, you know, I just don't keep track of that. <laughs> I don't. I, it's really funny because I've really completely shifted. So again, I do think it completely transformed and shifted our culture about how we pack our beauty and personal care.
1: And I think air travel altogether with brewing issues, putting everything through X-ray. I cannot now remember a time when you could just show your boarding pass and go to your gate. Those days are gone. And I don't think they will ever come back in, in our lifetime. Well,
0: I'm really hoping that the 3D scanners will completely eviscerate the liquid requirements. But, you know, you just don't know how long that technology is going to take to be implemented. I think Heathrow is going to be the first or is the first airport to implement a 3D scanner. And certainly we hope that takes hold and that the liquid requirement goes. But who who knows? And it's it's definitely been here for some time and it looks like it's here to stay for some time.
1: So the 3D scanner would scan your body or the liquid that you put in there?
0: Yeah. So there, it's a luggage, you know, so it would be any, any carry-ons any your purse. It's 3D scanners. And that is the new technology, you know, that is sort of all the talk that would eviscerate sort of the liquid requirements. But, you know, that's talk. That's not reality. And how we are living and traveling today is we're restricted.
1: And there are some liquids, of course, which are exempted, like baby formula, or I think even contact link solutions, sometimes they let you get by.
0: Yes. And during COVID, also, there is the exception for hand sanitizer. I think you can bring up to, I think, a 12 ounce bottle. So there is that current exception. And whether they'll keep that exception, you know, post COVID or whenever we move out of this, or if they keep that permanently, I think that'll be really interesting to see. I
1: mean that you're a lawyer and this is a major shift. What happened? <laughs>
0: I am chasing my dreams for sure. But I actually think there's a lot of parallels to be drawn from being a lawyer to being an entrepreneur. Um, If you have a Juris Doctorate, you certainly can work in financial institutions. You could be an investment banker. You know, there is a lot of jobs that you can do that aren't traditional like litigation or transactional work as a lawyer. Not to mention, I was a litigation attorney. So I would do jury trials or evidentiary hearings. And there are so many parallels between juggling you know, multi-file caseloads. Um, like, if you're in trial and you're you're presenting a case to a jury, I mean, your ability to literally keep fifty balls in the air is is I'm not even underestimating the number of balls in the air at that point. It is extremely challenging, um, even in a small case, to be a litigation and a trial attorney. So, I think there is a lot of correlation actually between being an entrepreneur, being a problem solver, and being an attorney. So. While, yes, I do think I agree with you, it is a big shift. I also do, as I've gotten down this path, I do think there is some similarity, some parallels. So what is your product? I truly believe this is an, an ultimate, complete game changer for h- how people pack. It is completely transformed how I pack, how my kids pack, how anyone that's bought the High Fiver pack. So what it is, it's a refillable, washable, reusable travel and smart beauty tool. So, it's designed mm-hmm. to be refilled over and over again so that you can skip the tiny travel bottles, but buy minis and take all of your best scoops, glops, and glam like everything you have already, everything you love and simply go from full size to on the go size in just seconds.
1: How did you think about this? What happened? What was the haha moment for you to <laughs> invent this?
0: You know, and I giggle a little because that is the part I can't really explain. That is the part where the idea literally just came from the ether. And I could just see it so clearly in my mind. I could see the colors. I could see the design. I could even see the name palette. And so how it all began was that I was turning 40. You know, I have four kids. I'm an only parent. I was working quite a bit um, as a lawyer. And so for my 40th birthday, one of my law school BFFs and I had planned this amazing trip to Paris to celebrate, and I was tremendously excited <laughs> to have this girl's trip um, to be in France. So excited. I you know I can just feel the warmth of the sun in my skin already. <laughs> So, I'm a late minute packer. I always wait till the last minute, and so the kids are asleep. I had just finished a really long day of working and dealing with all the kids' activities and dinner time and bedtime, and then had finally sat down the night before I was leaving to pack. you know i of course, I had some things ready, but I was now actually sitting down to pack and as I looked around and I could see my luggage and my outfits and my beauty items in particular. And I was like, there's just no way all of this is going to fit. There's no way I can take my skincare routines and the things that I truly love and already have sitting in front of me is all going to fit in my luggage. And so that is that aha moment where I could just see this so clearly in my mind. I could see the original high fiver. And I was like, if I just had this, if I just had this, this would all be so much easier. So that was the moment. So
1: basically, what? is the capacity of each high fiber going back to our first question so it complies to the tsa regulation right
0: yes so each well fits 0.17 ounces so it's like far far under even just what one you know travel item requirement would be it's five separate containers Mm -hmm. that are joined all together with like a base plate so that you're not searching in your bag for all your tiny little items. You just take out one thing. And also it's really well designed so that it's meant to be washed and reused over and over. So that's another reason why it's all one, one contained product.
1: So how did you come up with this 1.7 ounces? Did you think like a trip, a one week long trip I would need about so many gobs of foundation, so many gobs of conditioner, how did he come up with this one point precisely one point,
0: Or was it or was it a? Manufacturing it's, so, it's so funny? No, but it wasn't
1: a manufacturing thing. Sometimes it could be like you came with that because that's what the manufacturer said, oh, I can make it only in this size, you know. How did he come up with this?
0: I invented this, designed it, engineered it, and we manufactured it ourselves in the US in Minnesota, um, which was super important to me. But how we came up I mean, I'm not an engineer. But I knew the size I wanted it to be. I knew the depth. I knew that I wanted it to be easily, you could easily scoop this out with a finger or spatula. I knew exactly how I wanted it to look. I knew that the wells needed to have this certain like mochi shape to them. Because I could see this so clearly in my mind, I didn't even know how big. I just knew the size, and then I think my engineers actually had to measure it out for me to determine like what it would hold. Um, because I'm very much like I paint in very broad strokes, and I can just really see things, but I'm certainly not an engineer. So it really is based upon like what I think like a week's long trip for skincare for beauty that it would last you. And it holds more than people think. And if you look at what like the average, like mini or travel size, especially for beauty, skincare, cosmetics, personal care, you know, that is the relative size of what they are. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that our product is manufactured and how it looks. I think it almost plays a trick on your eye where people look at it and think, oh that's not going to hold so much. And then when they pump in like half of the container of their eye cream, they're like, okay, maybe I put too much. And what's great about the High Fiver is it really allows you to customize how much product you're putting in, which leads to not wasting product, not over consuming, you know, and a a lot of people are really invested and spend a ton of money on their skincare and their beauty. And so it really allows you to customize the amount and just pump in and scoop in what you need, whether it's an overnight, a day trip, a trip to the beach, a road trip, a weekend away, let alone a week or two, you know, traveling. So how does
1: it help you customize, could you elaborate?
0: Oh, sure. So like, for instance, like if I'm going to the beach and I know I'm just going to need one or two more um, pumps of my sunscreen, you know, I can just put in like a little dime size amount and know I'm good. Whereas if I'm going on a two week vacation, I would fill up the whole well with sunscreen because I know I'm going to use it and use it again. So it really allows you to customize it, wash, reuse for whatever occasion, you're going on without any need for thinking or buying travel size again.
1: Yeah. I, okay. I get what you say. So basically right now the travel sizes are either you buy this bottle, which holds almost 100 ml, about two to three ounces. For you to get to the bottom, you have to fill quite a bit of that. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. And you basically... I had already invented this, right? (laughs) I had already designed it. And then when we tested live in the market, um, you know, we started, I mean, I knew how I used it. We had beta testers who used it. Um, But then when you start talking to people, They also would tell us that if I wasn't using a mini air travel size and I was filling my own container, a lot of people, and of course we're a sustainable purpose-driven brand, were like, please don't tell anyone this, but I actually throw away my travel bottles because I can never get to the bottom of them. Mm -hmm. And so this is brilliant in its design because I can actually use all the product. And then wash and reuse it instead of just being like I can never get the rest of this, you know, serum out of this bottle. And so I threw it away, which we obviously don't want.
1: You touched on how your company is sustainable? How are you sustainable?
0: You know, I thought if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to put all of my life force energy into this, I'm going to do it in a way that I think is really thoughtful. So from the beginning, from the front to the back, we tried to really be super sustainable. I had so much pressure to try to manufacture overseas. And I was super adamant that I was going to be manufacturing in the US, which is very difficult. And especially when it's your first time and you're just launching a startup, everyone told me I was absolutely crazy. So starting with domestic manufacturing, I then was hell bent on using recycled plastic in our product, (laughs) which everyone again told me was absolutely crazy. So right now we use 30% recycled plastic with a huge goal of getting to 100%. I also was super adamant that this this travel and smart beauty tool could be used and used for people over and over again, that this was going to be something that was really well-made, designed, engineered, that people could use it as a skincare BFF and a staple in their zero waste or low waste lifestyle. And so it's, it's quality. It's really well made. It's really well thought out. We use medical grade material in our wells, because to me, why was I putting a $100 face cream in something I didn't know what it was made of? Like that was super important to me. Again, people told me I was crazy. And it washes out like a dream. That was another huge thing because I didn't want people to be using single use. I wanted this to be like a water bottle or a reusable coffee cup. I wanted people to be able to wash this and reuse this and eliminate all of that single use and toss away minis because I, I think I was somewhat naive. I was thinking, okay, how am I going to recycle this tiny glass bottle or how am I going to um, recycle this tiny dropper? And then during this process, I come to realize that anything, any plastic smaller than a credit card, are going to the landfill. I mean, you talk about wish cycling, like minis and travel size are not getting recycled. I mean, I think there's some even, you know, concern that things over. 8 inches are getting recycled, but for sure minis and travel size are going to the landfill. So not only were we trying to reuse materials and be really conscious of our footprint, but we were also aimed at eliminating waste. And then we come to the packaging and I'm like, we are going to do this in a way that really makes sense. And so we used a paper tube for shipping in, and that's made of post-consumer waste, like a high percentage. And then we also use 100% Recycle from trash envelopes. So, we are skipping the cardboard box when we ship. We are skipping all secondary packaging. We do not use packing slips. Um, I mean, that is like hundreds of trees a year if you're selling significant product and doing direct to consumer. I mean, just including one piece of packing slip paper is a huge amount of paper trash. It's kind of unbelievable. So we skip all of that. Um, So we really, again, tried to be so thoughtful from the front to the back about how to bring this product to market.
1: Why was it important for you to uh, manufacture it domestically?
0: I really felt so strongly about keeping our footprint tight. It really didn't make sense to me to ship something from overseas and all of the carbon emissions to bring it to me. It just really didn't make sense. And I just think as I've woken up more spiritually, A lot of these things, you realize that you can make a difference and people will tell you you're crazy (laughs) and people will say, why are you doing that? You're spending so much more money to do the things you're doing. But it was so incredibly important for me to have control over my materials, to have control over my product, my molds, for me to be able to keep my footprint tight and to be able to create this product, package this product and give it to people. It just didn't make sense for me to be like, I'm a sustainable brand, but I am not Walking the walk. And I thought, like, as a startup, I'm in control of all these things, that I can make these decisions. <laughs> like, I can do whatever I want. And I think that is one of the beautiful things about being a startup. So, though
1: manufacturing is picking up in the US, it must have been really, really hard to find a manufacturer who can make these to your prototype and make it. As a startup, you probably were not buying thousands to make it in small enough quantities for you to do your market test to just start out. So did they have very high minimum quantities? And what are the other struggles that you had in setting up the manufacturing in Minneapolis? Minnesota,
0: yeah, yeah, it's in Minnesota, and so this is where I think my attorney background and my problem solving background and my like don't take no for an answer background really helped me (laughs) about the manufacturing because it is no joke. It is, it is difficult. It is not fun to talk to people over and over again who kind of look at you and think, oh, this is just some hobby or this is just some vanity project. And, you know, like, why do you want to make it here? Why don't you want to make it in China? Why don't you want to manufacture overseas? And then you get into, I want to use recycled plastic and I want to use medical grade material. And I, <laughs> I think I drove quite a few people nuts. Uh, But I wouldn't take no for an answer, and I finally found someone who would take take me on and help me in this process. And not to mention, manufacturing is very expensive on your own. I mean, especially when you're manufacturing plastics and using recycled plastics. I mean, you have to have your own molds, um, which are tremendously expensive. And so, yes, I would say this was very difficult. I can see why people don't do it. But for me, it just wasn't a question. It what just wasn't ever a question that this is the way I was going to go about it. Do you have a patent on this design? Yes. So we have global design patents. Um, we just as an, as an attorney as yes it, well and I'm not an intellectual property attorney like you have to be barred as a patent attorney and you have to have certain scientific or engineering requirements to be able to take the patent bar so certainly was something i couldn't do on my own and it's a very expensive process but like you can remarket your product, right? You can repackage, you can even redo some of, you know, things, but there's one thing you cannot go and redo and you cannot go and (laughs) repatent. Like, you know, once your design, once your invention is out and it's disclosed, like you can never go back to those steps. So I just knew as a lawyer, one thing I did know as a lawyer is that this was super important for me. And I did really believe that this is going to be a complete game changer for people and would transform how people are packing their beauty. And so I really felt so strongly and put a tremendous amount of effort and money into really securing our design patents. um, And now, um, obviously, our utility patent.
1: What's the difference between a design patent and a utility patent?
0: So there's two different types of patents. And give me a Little credit that I'm not a patent lawyer, but I'm coming from the inventor standpoint. But the design is really the design, how it appears, how it looks. It doesn't deal with the function. And so if you want to protect the functionability of your and the uniqueness. And the novel pieces that your invention is bringing to life, you definitely need to look at a utility patent. And
1: what is the novelty in fiber? So,
0: since we're still going through that process, I'm going to defer that answer. But I'll tell you what, just from a layperson's perspective, like some of the great attributes about our product. Like, again, it's recycled plastic, it's refillable. I mean, we are part of the refill revolution that is washing through our culture and beauty. Um, and what I love about our product is that instead. Instead of waiting for a company to make a refill for your beauty product, you really are taking things into your own hands. The consumer can be part of this refill revolution just by using a product like the High fiber, by refilling and rewashing and reusing. So I think that's a beautiful piece about our product. We use the medical grade material. We have a leak resistant system. And what's really unique about our product also is that it has those squishy press up wells so that you can get every last drop out. And it's it's designed to really be stackable. Like I use two or three of these when I travel. I use one for my AM uh, makeup routine, my skincare routine, one for PM. And then I would also have one usually like face masks work incredible, scrubs, also hair. And they stack really amazing. And because of that squishy medical grade material, it also functions to, you know, keep it really stable. It doesn't tip over. They're just really quality, functional, smart beauty tools, like for people to use. And whether using your favorite drugstore brands or you're using like La Mer, mm-hmm. anyone can use this and it's just a complete game changer.
1: Where do you get your recycled plastic as a base for your raw materials? Because in, in my understanding, I didn't know if there was a supply chain available for recycled plastic, maybe granules or in some other form for you to be able to use in your in a medical grade product.
0: Yeah, that's a great, fantastic question because that was another really big challenge that we encountered. You know, I just thought, oh, I'm going to use recycled plastic. We recycle things in America and we reuse them, right? <laughs> and you come to find out, there's not a great supply chain of recycled plastic, and if there is, no one knows what it. It's made out of, no one knows. If it has mold release agents in it, no one knows. I mean, they might know what grade of plastic it is. So if you're using things for like industrial use recycle, but when you're using something for like a personal care and you need clean recycled plastic, it presents quite the challenge. And I think that's why a lot of manufacturers, when I would speak to them and I'm like, I'm hell bent on using recycled plastic, they'd be like, oh, great. You know, because it's not easy. It's not cheap. It's not fun. You know, that's another thing that I thought of as like an inventor as like we really need to have a better supply chain and we really need to have a better way for people like me who really want to reuse recycled plastic to be able to identify it and find it. Um, so I think that as we scale, this will be something that we definitely will need to work on to find large quantities. You're in low or smaller production. It's not as, it's still difficult, but it's not you know, unsurmountable. But as you, Scale. And if you're looking at going to 100%, I think that's where I'm really going to have to get scrappy. But, you know, like I think no problem is too big. And I'm excited. I'm excited as we grow to figure that out because I think that, especially in a product like mine, there's no reason why I can't use. Recycle plastic but you start to understand why a lot of people don't bother because it's a lot of work it's just like post-consumer waste packaging mm-hmm. you know why a lot of people aren't doing it it's expensive it's expense. it's at least three to four times more expensive than if i just bought a virgin mm-hmm. you know packaged package
1: so there would be like vendors that i could google and say hey I want your scrap to be used in manufacturing. Like, I'm-
0: You have to vet the grade. It, you have to work with your engineers that you're manufacturing because it's, especially like how our product is manufactured, there's certain requirements and you have to find the right recycled right. plastic right i'm um, like if you're making a shampoo bottle that you know isn't like our product that's much easier right. to use recycled plastic but like something like ours yeah a little more complex and it required a little bit more delving in and talking to people and finding the right vendors who could go out and find someone's waste or post-consumer recycled plastic that you could try to consider as prospects for your product mm-hmm. so it's a lot of vetting mm-hmm. It's a lot of vetting. It's not as easy as one might think. Of be. course, because that's why I was kind of intrigued that you actually are able to find it
1: <laughs> the stateside to be able to use in manufacturing
0: in the U.S. Yeah, uh, the big issue is finding clean, yeah. clean. Like in plastic that you know what it is and where it came from. That to me was the hardest part. So
1: would it be possible for you to get clean plastics as leftovers for manufacturers? Like say I'm making... Yes.
0: Wow. That's easier. Post-industrial plastic. At least they might be able to tell you, yes, we use you know mold release agent, or it's this class, or it's this color, or to find a clear plastic, for example, or a certain grade, one that's more clean. Post-industrial recycled plastic is certainly out there. It is not easy to find. And then post-consumer waste plastic to find out if it's clean or not. I mean, that is very, very, very difficult. Right, right.
1: And especially now with the mixed stream of recycling, most cities have adopted. I still am unable to wrap my mind around how they do. I've seen videos how they have this conveyor belt where they sort recyclables, and but it still seems really, really challenging to sort it by the grade, you know, the numbers that are there on the bottom of the plastic containers.
0: Yes, we certainly have a broken recycling system in the U.S., there's no doubt about that. And one of my friends actually who runs a sustainable beauty brand actually gave me this tip and said, literally go to your local recycling you know, service center. They'll sit with you. I, I think that's something almost anyone should do because it, you'd be amazed at what's not getting recycled.
1: Coming back to the fun part of your product.
0: So I'm going on a week-long trip,
1: so I <laughs> yeah. <need> like five <laughs> containers. But say I'm just going... And overnight, and I don't, you know, even five containers is too much because I just don't even want to take a a roll on, right? So do you have it in smaller sizes? Are they always five? Or is it possible for me to like snap on, like, you know, Lego blocks going, I just need one. I just snap. If I need two, I have a something which snaps on or is it always just fine?
0: So for now, as a small startup, this is our first hero product. We certainly have different iterations and variations in mind, let alone other innovations in our product line. So here's what I would say to you is that you'd be surprised what you could take and condensed even on an overnight trip. Toothpaste tablets. What about your small rings and jewelry? If you have one of the little wells, Unused, you can pop in things like that. And I think you'd be surprised. You're like, okay, even just in a few steps, like I need face wash or I need a hair serum or I need eye cream or I need sunscreen, I need hand lotion, I need hand sanitizer, <laughs> I need some compressed towels. Like you'd be amazed, like what you could simplify. Because I think when you have this this smart beauty tool in front of you you're like oh my gosh i could just i could almost eviscerate everything else in my my makeup bag besides a few cosmetic items and this so
1: how do i distinguish is there a way for me to write because often for me i fill these bottles with my shampoo and conditioner i make an attempt to write so that i know which is the shampoo, which is a conditioner, so I can use it for multiple trips because I'm not using your product. I'm using the two-ounce bottles or three-ounce bottles, which are available in any store. And often, I don't know later whether this is a shampoo, or conditioner, or if it's a cream. I, of course, I can keep trying it on and see what it is. Is there a way I can write and rewrite the names very well and it doesn't get wiped off?
0: So our product is designed to be universal, And so we used a numbering system. So, And then we put the the palette logo at the top. So you always know where your top is and then the numbers. And we specifically made sure that the numbers lined up. That was something that was very important to me. (laughs) And someone the other day told me, I'm just amazed the numbers always line up. And I was like, oh, yeah. You are a girl after my own heart, because that was like so important to me, that it looked really well designed and that it was functional and that it was universal and that numbers to me was something that was super universal, no matter who the user was. And that I really, really didn't want labels because I really thought that's more waste. I wanted something to be completely washable, reusable with zero additional waste. And so for me, labels were out of the question I really am design oriented. I really like how things look. And to me, I didn't want a messy label um, or something that I could write up and that people could write up. I really wanted it to maintain this amazing look. So numbers just really for me was the way to go about this. And then especially for skincare, if you're doing skincare steps, a lot of people are using five to 10 skincare steps, whether it's AM, PM. And so if you think about how you use your things in order, whether it's like a cleanser and then your serum, and then your moisturizer, a beauty oil, and eye cream. You know, you can put them in the steps in the order that you use them. And I find, and the feedback from our customers have been incredible. That it's like, okay, I'm not skipping any of my steps, and they have a very easy time identifying what's what.
1: Basically, I would say number one is shampoo. Number two is conditioner. Is that how I would remember?
0: Yes. yes. So, what are the next steps for Palette with Pack? So excited about our future. I am a very big optimist. I have a huge positive mindset. For me, focusing on our hero product about elimination of waste, the Bye Bye Mini, Skip the Tiny Travel Bottles, and really getting the word out to people that this is a better way to pack your beauty, that this truly is an easy swap and an easy step to a zero or low waste lifestyle. Because you're literally taking your full size products and condensing them down into on the go size in just a second. With no over consumerism, you know, you're taking what you have, taking what you love, and then you're eliminating and you're saving all those minis and travel size from the landfill. Our big focus, and I think one of the the gifts of COVID has been like there's no better time than now for consumers to be open to habit shifting. When so many things in our lives have been disrupted all at once, I think people are more open than ever to to take steps towards a sustainable lifestyle. This is obviously our hero product. We really want people to know about this because it's like almost anyone can make this easy swap and save all these tiny plastics from the lamp bulb. If you use a reusable water bottle, if you use a reusable coffee cup, you're saying no to plastic straws. Like This is another easy swap to be involved in the refill revolution that's happening in beauty. And so that's really exciting. And while I think if you would have talked to me pre-COVID, I would have been like, and and of course, we still have so many innovations. Like We are an innovation-driven company. We are going to be completely shifting the way people use beauty in a lot of different ways. And my big goal is to become a household name and that everyone has a high fiber in their household and that everyone knows the name Palette as a sustainable, innovative beauty brand. Um, so I think what's next for us is that we're going to, you're going to start seeing us in different places. Um, I'm really excited about selling internationally, which right now, you know, right before COVID, we had just finished our market testing. <laughs> Like we tested live in the market. And so now for us to be like, okay, we're really going to focus on this hero product instead of, I think there's a lot of pressure for startups. Like what's next? What, what else you got? <laughs> instead of going like the pink beauty blender route where you're like, okay, you know, I want to make this product a household name and I want people to see the game changing and problem solving abilities of my invention. So I think right now, main goal is focusing on getting a high fiber into everyone's hands on a global basis. Like that would be my, you know, (laughs) ultimate plan.
1: And it doesn't need to be on air travel. Any travel, even on a camping trip.
0: That's such a great point because it really is a shifting of your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But anytime I'm on the go, whether it's in my car, my purse, my bag, the gym, you know, whether it's the beach, it's like you are taking products with you. And so it's like instead of shifting of like, I need to take the full size, which I never thought of this either as an inventor, but as my customers started using the product, they're like, okay, I can't tell you how brilliant this is because I have made this huge investment in this eighty dollars cream. And I don't want to lose it. And to be able just to put what I need in my in the high fiver and put this in my bag makes me feel so much better. And I was like, oh, I never even thought of that. That's brilliant. Um, so I think it is just a mind shift of like like how you bring a reusable water bottle, you would bring the high fiver with you as like a skincare BFF, as a smart beauty tool.
1: You talked about you being a startup. Did you get funding from? any outside source or was it all self-funded?
0: Well, just another reason people call me crazy (laughs) for doing this is because as an only parent of four, I have self-funded this project all on my own. Um, You know, and obviously I think being naive very much helps you. in the beginning because I don't know that you had set out to do all of this other than that you just became obsessed with this idea and you could not stop thinking about it you know that you went down this path and just did all of this yourself but definitely as we grow on scale we're going to have to figure out you know whether we bootstrap or we take investments um, we're going to have to figure out what to do for sure.
1: On that note wishing you all the best I'd like to thank Kate Westad from
0: Palette by Pack for coming
1: on Mindful Businesses.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure.
1: If you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with a friend, like, share our Instagram page, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We recorded this podcast in Lafayette, Indiana. Tape Tim Gale composed the music for this podcast. This is are Iyer for Mindful Businesses.